Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. We recently had, during the holidays, some fulfillment issues where like things were getting delayed, which is like out of our control. And instead of just waiting for the customers to come to us, we were record keeping, we were understanding like what was happening in like that fulfillment journey. And we were, we were sending notifications out to our customers and to letting them know like, hey, there's going to be a little bit of a delay. But before they even asked for like a refund or some sort of discount, we were also offering them percentage off or like maybe a free shirt or, you know, like $10 off. And because we aligned the expectations and we were proactive about like telling them what's going on, I ended up getting a lot of positive feedback from individuals and like our reviews and our MPS scores. What do brands like Warby Parker, Dr. Squatch, Vinyl Proteins, and Blendjet all have in common? They're all seeing 20x ROI from retention.com. Visit retention.com to book a demo today. What's up, everybody? We have Jess from Feastables here today. And I wanted to start off and ask you, how did you even get into CX customer experience route? I actually went to art school and I graduated art school and wanted nothing to do with it. So after college, I kind of just you know, moseyed around the world with in a lot of like different types of positions, but mostly in like customer service across like banks or in retail and then eventually into startups. So for me, like having a customer service background was such like a heavy thing, but I also really enjoy like working with with humans and understanding consumer behavior. And so when I bounced into um, startups is when it kind of morphed into this like customer experience and not just like supporting a customer. It morphed into this understanding the experience of your customer, whether it's like through a product in what by product, I mean, SaaS product or a brand. And that's, that's kind of just like how I fell into it. It was like art school, customer service, customer experience. And now it's like this thing that I'm just a nerd about. One thing I want to go into is Feasibles is one of the largest scale of orders out there, um, obviously behind the creator, Mr. Beast. How do you think about customer experience at such a large scale versus we could go in the future, like smaller scale, but how do you think about it, delivering it with such a large scale when you have limited people resources? I think it's like a two to three parter because when I walked into Feastables, knowing what I knew about customer experience and all encompassing in that. And then walking into festivals where I knew that our audience was already a little bit preset, but I also knew that we were going to have literally millions of people just like having conversations with us. I had to look at it from how can I still automate an experience as well as support an experience, but doing all of these tactics, how do I deliver like a winning brand experience for Feastables 
that's on point, that's in Jimmy's voice, that's not in this, um, you know, I'm just selling coffee. Like, it's like, I'm literally having to deliver at such a large scale, like Jimmy's voice, right? Like in the, in the why you want to purchase festivals. So for me, when I look at, you know, world-class like festivals experience, I look at it from being able to like automate a lot of things, like when it's, you know, fan mail or just general chatter and really being able to sift through the, to get to the people who really need a human or they need some sort of human touch. And so a world-class service in, in Feastables is basically building a brand experience through automations, as well as being able to have a humanized experience when you get to a human that, and that human needs to service the customer. So before you automate anything, what are like a couple of things you do to make sure like the automations are set up that it is in that brand experience? Because I always say to people that before you automate anything, you have to do a little bit of like the manual work to see what people are responding first so you could set up that great experience. Here's the jam though. Like I literally walked into this with not knowing anything about our customers. And I knew what I knew from like seeing on like YouTube and maybe like sifting through comments and like understanding like that Gen Z. So how I approached that problem of like really not knowing the brand voice until I actually had information was I did a lot of hours of watching YouTube videos, not just Mr. Beast videos, but other YouTube influencers and sifting through comments and seeing what these people like talk about. And I built a brand voice guide based off of an assumption. That's basically it. Like I had to build this guide off an assumption and then I take this brand voice guide and then I'm building out like macros or FAQs or like a bot that has like this voice that I'm not even 100% sure if it works, but I know that this audience like wants to joke around and they want, they want like authenticity. They don't want, you know, beep bop, hi, like let, here's your order. They want like a joke in every like casual conversation. So I built things based off of that. And then I started sifting through, I've basically created a feedback loop from day one. So you know, as soon as I started getting one conversation, two conversations, like I'm already starting to like reanalyze like what I've done in building like this brand voice guide and reformatting it from the beginning. I think what's great about that is marketing, especially B2C, which is so much harder than B2B because it's like at least like you and B2B you could be like, okay, it's marketers in a certain industry and kind of like nail it down. But but Jimmy, this is like the first time he actually like delivered a product outside his restaurant that's like going to consumer. So what one thing that like is great about what you said is marketing, and I say this all the time, is you have to have like a hypothesis first, test your hypothesis, and then adjust as the hypothesis goes. At least you came up with like a lot of it at first was just like, okay, I'm going with my gut. And then... I'm going to change it as I, I, as I learn. And luckily, like you have the scale of conversations now to like uh, adjust very quickly because you can reach significance of like what the conversations are. I absolutely agree with you. I think it's like that hypothesis and then test your hypothesis and then read, like configure it. But I also think it's don't get comfortable in thinking that you just know everything. 
you know, I could go and I can sell maybe like this hydro flask, right? And I can assume that things about my customer, but you should also be reading through surveys. You should also be reading through comments. Like as a marketer, you should spend time actually in like CX and the community and like looking through a bunch of information to reconfigure that hypothesis constantly, constantly going into some sort of feedback loop. Yeah, one of the statements I make, and I want to get your like thought on this, is one of the most underrated marketing tactics is great customer experience. And a lot of people forget like customer experience is very much marketing because it's it's brand. Every touch point you have with your customer is brand. So do you think of yourself as a marketer as well as a customer experience? Or how do you think you're of yourself? Because you are trying to deliver a voice and a brand that's connected to Jimmy and the marketing team and everything like that? I think of myself as definitely a marketer, but a little bit of like retention and brand marketing, right? So, you know, when you hit it, like you said, every touch point is a piece of your brand and like understanding every touch point, right? And like why customer experience is so important. So when I even break that down into like a customer experience department, I don't even just look at like, okay, I'm supporting a customer and like a, a ticket has come into me and like I, maybe I need to like deliver a brand experience through this ticket. I think about it even like on a grander scale of that. So let's say marketers like want, need UGC. You need product reviews. You need to like, you need information to like post on your website to make other people want to like purchase your product, right? So like even product reviews to me is a touch point with my customer that if somebody's having a bad experience Maybe they didn't like the taste of it. Like, I'm responding to those people. I'm I'm building a better brand experience, maybe in a reactive approach, but I'm building a better experience for them so that they enjoy the brand and continue to come back. And then additionally, anytime that like you put out any sort of comms or information into the wild, that's also a brand experience. I mean, yes, that goes down to like brand voice, but it's a little bit about if I'm going to do is like some sort of campaign, I want to make sure that the comm and the message is on point and delivers a brand experience that is a bit of brand marketing in a way. One point that you I wanted to pull out of there is a lot of people forget that sometimes you could turn your most negative customers into your most raving fans by giving them a great experience amazon does this really well doordash does this really well like they will like offer you a refund without even like critiquing anything that you said like oh i my order got delivered wrong and even though i had a bad experience with that order they solved it so quickly that i'll go back to doordash because i'm like oh i had such a good experience even though i had that bad and i forget that that even happened but I know like if I go to a different like delivery service or different online e-commerce, I might not de get delivered the same service. So I'm like, oh, maybe I need to take a step back. I also want to go into the negative, but like how has like this Amazon movement affected CX as a whole? Because everybody expects like rapid customer experience, fast, like Amazon or like DoorDash. How do you, how do you think about I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, listen, the society wants, there's no waiting. There's no like waiting game, right? And like, I have a tidy team. So it's like, we have to, we have to go to sleep. 
We we can't work seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I definitely see that our customers have like this anticipation that they want their problems solved right now in this moment. And and I think that applies like not even just for feasibles. I think that applies like literally for every brand. And how I kind of think of it is I I make self-servicing available at any point in the time of day. So if like you if maybe there's not somebody that's on staff in our Discord at the moment or online and like social channels or even like in support, you always have the ability to get information, whether that's through like FAQs or you also have the ability to service your order in some sort of like automated capacity. That's why I lean so heavily on automations because I basically want to be 10,000 steps in front of our customer at all times. I not only want to be 10,000 steps in front of them, but if they're coming to us and maybe somebody's not available, they can at least solve their problem or they can get to a point of like understanding, okay, somebody's not available or somebody will get back to us maybe within like the next business day or whatever like that anticipation is, right? My viewpoint in this like Amazon realm of like needing to get service so quickly is um, you need to align expectations at the forefront. I don't care if it's even like you're purchasing a product and you're at checkout. You need to align the expectations of like what type of service they're going to get after the fact as well as making information available to them at that touch point or even before they purchase, like make it available to them anywhere in their journey. So you've aligned the proper expectations. Set expectations up front is probably the, the best way of doing anything. I'd rather have an experience where someone says, hey, a customer service rep can't get to you today. They'll get to you tomorrow. But here are some questions you could answer. Then hold on, you have a four hour wait to your next next call like the delta like the the airline experience i don't know specifically delta but you call an airline and i'm like sitting on hold for five hours and they're not even giving me a time like that i can call and get service it's not just about being available in every one of their touch points it's very much setting the expectations appropriately in whatever touch point you're in i did want to go back real quick to when we were talking about like a like experience and a little bit of like proper expectations. At the end of the day, Feasibles, is we are, yes, we are a big product on the market, but at the end of the day, we're still like a newcomer on the market, right? So meaning like there are errors sometimes with like fulfillment or there's errors in like saying the wrong thing. And like, how do we, how do we like align the expectations like after the fact, right? And so an example of like what to do in a reactive approach is, we recently had during the holidays some fulfillment issues where like things were getting delayed, which is like out of our control. And instead of just waiting for the customers to come to us, we were record keeping. We were understanding like what was happening in like that fulfillment journey. And we were we were sending notifications out to our customers and to letting them know like, hey, there's going to be a little bit of a delay. But before they even asked for like a refund or some sort of discount, we were also offering them percentage off or like maybe a free shirt or, you know, like $10 off. And because we aligned the expectations and we were proactive about like telling them what's going on, I ended up getting a lot of positive feedback from individuals and like our reviews and our MPS scores. And one review that sticks out the most is 
it was a mother who was waiting on her holiday bundle and we aligned her expectations like, hey, it's going to be a little bit delayed, but we're going to give you like $10 off. And in the review, she said, yes, I was upset about it being delayed, but I then got a notification about um, the information and like when I can expect it. And then I got a $10 off. And the last comment she makes in this is basically our service and the ability of like being proactive means that she will continue to come back and so it's like doing these actions, these proactivity actions and like and actually like setting the expectations has a direct correlation to like individuals, your retention, repeat purchases. You know, it's like if you're 10,000 steps in front of them or you're aligning those expectations, you're in turn going to turn these people back into return customers. Yeah. And I think how you're doing this is going back to what you said before is like actually getting to know the customer actually getting to know the brand and actually getting to know the values that jimmy and whatever the brand wanted up hold and being able to think ten, five steps ahead allows you to be have that proactive approach where a lot of people don't know their customers so they can't do that yeah you were talking about earlier how you have a discord and a chat and all this stuff how do you go about thinking about where customer experience and service should be and what channels to open and when to open those channels because obviously you don't want to deliver open all the channels at once and then someone has a bad experience on one or the other channel i mean for us like our customer is literally in every channel so it's really important to be in every single one of their channels but how i would actually approach it brand by brand like not just in particular like our audience is so you know, depending on like what you're what you're slaying in, right? Like some audiences aren't in Discord. Some audiences are, are are in Facebook. I don't think it's just be available at email. I don't want to say phone support, but some audiences need phone support. So, you know, I think I, I like definitely look at like whatever audience, whatever I'm selling is like, where are they? Where where are they the most? Where's the most heaviest traffic? For us, our audience is online. It's predominantly online. So which means that we had to open up an omni-channel customer experience department. Like we had to. Like we had to be available on Facebook. We had to be available on Instagram. And we had to be available on Twitter as well as TikTok, like all the social channels. But then additionally, the reason we're in Discord is because our community is very heavy of a Discord community. So we offer availability in Discord, but our our Discord is actually, we don't support in Discord. Like we we offer information to like self-service, but if somebody actually needed some help, we would channel switch them just because it's like we can't handle, we can't handle the amount of traffic in every single one of these channels, right? So sometimes like you do, it is a little bit of a give and take, like you do have to channel switch individuals. And then of course email, but I think the biggest channel for us, and I see this in in every e-com brand these days is SMS. SMS is the biggest channel. Like besides social, even if you're a brand and like maybe you're like, oh, I can't, I can't really support social. I think bottom line, you should be supporting SMS and email at a minimum. That is where like audiences are going. I think that people like want you you brought up the um airline thing where it's like you have to make a phone call. Nowadays, people like want to be supported just through like texting somebody and whether that means 
you put a human behind that channel or you create some automations, I think that the availability in SMS is like a no-brainer at this point in time. Yeah, it's crazy because I like you don't see many brands doing SMS well for at least an experience way. And I would rather text someone and say, get rid of my problem than hop on a phone call. Just my, I hate getting on phone calls. It's just like my name. Also, you have to wait while you're doing other things to get on the phone, like make sure they pick up. So, yeah. What is a marketing or CX hill that you would die in? I think the biggest, biggest hill is your marketing and CX needs to be married. And I don't mean, okay, they have to sit in the same work because like I don't sit in the same work as marketing, but my besties at work is the marketing department. The reason I say that they have to be married is because if marketing puts out a campaign and they don't understand what CX has to go through or the experience of your customer, that campaign can make it or or break it for your customer experience. And so what I mean by that is like, let's say I put out a marketing campaign that's actually this, this has happened. I put out a marketing campaign for like a free product, right? And CX like doesn't know about this free product. And then all of a sudden there's like an influx of tickets to CX because maybe like the automation or the logic for this free product wasn't working or the free product like ended, right? Like it maxed out. Then all of a sudden CX is like getting swamped in all these social channels as well as in tickets of like not understanding what's going on, not uh, being able to deliver like a brand experience or even help people. If marketing had spoken to CX and known about this and like had like a backup plan or thought about like the experience and like just had that communication channel of like how the what the effects of like this campaign would be, then there would have been a like open communication and the the experience of your customers wouldn't have suffered, right? I'm just saying like a communication loop between marketing and CX is like the one hill I will die on and scream from the top of my lungs because I don't think every company does it well. I really don't. I've been in other companies where it's like marketing just goes and does its own jam, but doesn't actually think about like the supporting of the customer. I love that because I've had the experience sometimes where like I made the mistake of like the saying, this is a B2B option, but attaching like a free iPad to like order and then CX is getting tickets like, why did it, when is my iPad going to be delivered? But I, I told sales and I told onboarding, but like I didn't like create a doc that all the teams were aligned that were like, that they should know about this. This is what we're running promotion. And then it made me from the, for the future, like before I launch any campaign, like, oh, here's the doc. Like, if you have any questions, let me know. Like, this is what the proper, re- and it also gives CX time to like, write macros of proper reach out so they don't have to like spend time asking 500 people to respond they can respond to the company way quicker so i also think cx is like a business objective for a company whether your marketing your tech your supply chain should be at the forefront because at the end of the day like a cx department is the one that communicates with the customers they're the ones that like get the feedback loop and get the information of like understanding that customer right I think a lot of times businesses will take CX out of the room of even the discussion. They'll come up with a campaign or they'll come up with an idea, but then they don't actually have like 
the experience department involved in the conversation to like give information back of like, yes, like our audience will love this or yes, our audience wouldn't or maybe let's collaborate and like think about like how we can build the best brand experience. I think it's like not even just like the communication loop of it. I also think that just in a overall business objective, I think that experience should be at the forefront of every everything that you do in a company. It's not a, like a bottleneck, but these are the people that literally understand the customer. They literally talk to the customer every single day. And I don't mean in like um, just B2C, even B2B. Even if you're a SaaS company, like these are the people that literally talk to your customer every single day. CX is the voice of the customer. They spend the most time with the customer. But CX to me is not only like the people that spend the most time with the customer. CX is every touch point from when a visitor comes to your side to all the way to that unboxing experience or like when they're getting their product, all the way to the 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 person or bot they interact with when they need help, like that whole, and then all the way to referring another customer. That's all customer experience. And who better to like talk about that than someone who hears the pain points a thousand times a day versus marketers who probably had are supposed to have conversations with with customers all the time but we know that a lot of marketers say they do and they don't and a lot of marketers don't have the time at cx to do that so i think it's so so crucial to have cx in the room and also like cx helping design some of these experiences that you think as marketers that you you should do a lot i absolutely agree i mean like cx if you look at not even just e-com if you look at like B2B companies, right? Like people don't even think of like CX as just like, oh, it's support or maybe it's like social community teams. It's also like customer success managers, right? It's account managers. It's like, it's truly the people that are like on the ground, like talking to these people. It's also, even when you're designing like an application, when we talk about user experience, that's also CX. The experience of a user throughout your product, throughout your your application, whatever it is, is so important. I think this is like one thing that I see companies not doing enough of and not involving a customer experience person because also the biggest channel in marketing, hands down, and the most like powerful channel is word of mouth. And the person who's going to cause the most word of mouth is usually the person who had a good experience with the product or talking to the the then someone at the end of the funnel not at the beginning that's usually how it goes some people will be like oh look at that cool checkout experience but most of the time it's like oh my god i i love like how this happened like oh they gave me this great experience you should every anytime you shop you should go this and word of mouth is so powerful and that that's why i think CX is a marketing tactic and part of should be part of a marketing strategy because word of mouth is the biggest channel out there. The most powerful channel, not the biggest, but the most powerful channel. I mean, it goes back to like, okay, let's talk about like festivals again, but like goes back to, and this is a hill I will die on. This, this is another mole hill I'll die on, okay? You can acquire your customer all day long. You can acquire, you could do it. Like that's a beautiful campaign. Like you got them in the door. How are you retaining them? 
And it's not just in retention marketing. It's literally like, how are you developing a brand experience or user experience, checkout, whatever it is, right? Unboxing experience that's saying like, that customer is going to come back and be like, damn, that was a dope experience. I got to go tell my friends. It's all like acquire, but how are you retaining them? How are you like understanding your customer to then continue to acquire new customers, right? Like it's all a loop. It's all a funnel, of course. But I think that the retention side of it is like is the heaviest thing. And like the having the conversations with your customer and understanding your customer is, is the heaviest thing. One of the things I was thinking about, though, when you were talking about that word of mouth and like a good brand experience, I was thinking about the brand Away, the Away Bags. I remember when I first purchased my Away Bag, I came into the door because I was like so excited about it. This was like this new luggage company. Like it was like dope, like awesome, right? And then after the first trip, my wheel fell off of it. But it had been like at this point, I think like three or six months after like having the bag. And then I reach out to Away and, you know, I have a conversation with them. They're a new company at this point in time. They replace the bag for completely free, like no hassle, no bullshit, replace the bag for free. I then, every person that like afterwards, I was like, oh, I need to get new luggage or this or that. I'm always suggesting Away because of that experience that I had through the entire funnel of my experience with that brand. So like that's a small example. And I know we all understand like customer experience is important, but like me as a customer experience operator, like that is a dope experience that I continue to refer people and still to this day, years later, still purchase away bags because of that one experience that I had. We talked a little bit before in this podcast about the reason you set up automations is to be really like less reactive and more pro proactive to do more strategic things. So could you go into like the things, the reason why like automation is so important and what are like some strategic things that let, that let you do when you start automating part of your customer experience? I mean, one of the, I, I always talk about our bots. I'm sure people who have listened to several other podcasts that I've been on are going to be so tired of hearing about these bots. But I'm telling you, like, there's such the bot system that I have created. It like give me the ability to like automate a lot of conversations, like a lot of these, like I love Jimmy or I love Feastables or I love chocolate conversations. Like it's it's given me that ability to automate those conversations. So then like the this tiny team that I do have can focus on like more retention efforts or like human like a humanizing experience right by automating how i've like funneled that back into my strategy is because i have these individuals going through the certain pathways about you know oh i love this brand or oh here's a suggestion for like a new bar or you know maybe they they leave a comment in it or they're going down like a randomness path and they're just like dealing with like some jokes or whatever right Collecting all of that information into this like bot funnel has given me the ability to um, build a really robust voice of the customer program outside of just like being able to like survey my customers and like hope that they respond, right? These automations like collect so much information about like what our customers want, what makes our customers tick, the personality of our customers that I've then been able to like bleed that back into the rest of the company, whether it's like product innovation, right? Like, I've built out pathways of like, leave a comment on what bars that you would like to see. And we've been able to like bleed that information back into supply chain. 
other pathways that I've built in these bots is um, like these randomness paths where like people engage with like jokes or memes or all these other things. And I've been able to bleed that stuff back into the marketing department because I'm like, oh, they they like this weird joke about, I don't know, SpongeBob, right? Like maybe we should do put like a, a like a gif about SpongeBob in a ca- campaign, right? So I've been able to like bleed these like random things back into the company by being able to automate so many of our conversations. And when I talk about the level of automation, like in 2022, in just our web bot, just our bot that's like sits on our website, I've been able to automate 1.1 million conversations. And out of the 1.1 million conversations, I've been able to bleed back information to the rest of the company for us to like make goals for 2023 about like expansion, new products, like mar- new different marketing campaigns that directly drive into like brand experience. Like it's just there's so much information that you can collect. And it doesn't have to be just like demographic info. It's literally just consumer behavior info that you can bleed back into the rest of the company. Since that was a mic drop, I want to give you one or two minutes to say, where could people find you? I know you have a great podcast that my wife got to be a guest on. Where could people find you besides your great podcast? You can find me at jessservion.com as well as on LinkedIn. And you can also find me on Mentor Pass. Book a session with me. I'm happy to nerd out about CX and help you strategize your your CX. And then lastly, on the podcast, you can also find me at Oopsie Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Sounds great. And yeah, if you have customer experience problems or need strategy around it, just as your girl to go to go book that session thank you for being on this podcast i appreciate you thanks so much for listening tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators if you haven't already please consider subscribing to the marketing millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating it helps bring more marketers into our community